People die at my work. They like, work that long. They have heart attacks and die. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, and I like mean, yeah, 75, They'll pay 80. you out for the rest of the day, probably. See, they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> that's good. They, yeah, that's yeah nice. you get a full day's pay. For the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> full day's pay. It's not a bad deal. Usually in my industry, by the time you get to 50, you're you're the only one that knows a piece of technology, and you're just sitting at one company for the rest of your existence, mm -hmm. and they can't let go of you because you're the only guy that knows oh. that technology that's no longer around, no longer supported, no longer used. Are you talking about pagers? Probably. Okay, cool. We have a friend who's an architect, or he works in an architect for, uh, firm, and he's in his 40s, and they can't, like, he'll never retire because he's, like, everyone they're hiring and has no idea what they're doing. That's and, like, he's the one that takes <laughs> on, like, everything because he's the only one that understands Thank goodness for the technology that from 20 years ago. Thank goodness. Hopefully he's getting paid. So, <laughs> are, are we recording? We're always recording. Well, this is Rona Geek Official Podcast. This is kind of a special episode, a little bit of a one-off. What, what are you doing? What is that? Wow, that is the the magic of technology. He did that with a single button press. I couldn't be more impressed. It was it was, it was very impressive. You're, you're breaking our new style. So the <laughs> new style, okay, that sounds good. Sounds like we're on the right track finally. <laughs> so anyway, this is Rona Geek Official Podcast. It's a special episode. We're here today. Uh, got a nice mixed up crew. We actually have the Raised by Spoilers Pod folks on with us as well. So this is Alex Austin in the room today. We have with us mm, Plebeian Adam. Hmm, very nice, very subtle. Uh, Geek Movie House. Uh, the Feminist Warlord Nintendo Geek. And we're here today to do a round of playing and and or watching. Playing and or watching. It's a pow! It's pow! A pow episode. And uh, lots to play and or watch nowadays. Especially, uh, I took. I was telling you guys earlier, I took off a couple days this week. Within those couple days of recharging my batteries, I actually took some time to catch up on some shows, play some games. It's been a wonderful week. You gotta but, do that, man. It, oh, so, you gotta do that. You gotta take care of yourself. It was fulfilling to the spirit. Absolutely. That's, that's where it's a at. A long shower? Yeah. Just that? Abnormally long shower. And some people are into like shower beers. I'm into shower diet cokes. I would say I'd never shower heard diet. of them, but that, shower, you know, you haven't heard of that. I've never heard of a shower. See, it was beer. a thing. Nah, man, I do shower beers all. Do time. you know what I just tried to have Plubby and wife Amanda do? Uh, a shower bacon. Shower, oh, shower bacon. I, I, nice. I made some bacon for her, okay. and I'm like, here, you're in the shower. Here's some bacon. Better. Very nice. Like some candles. That, have some shower good. bacon. That'd be good. <laughs> so bacon goes well with everything. So 100, 100%, we'd be good with that Why too. Not? Why not? So uh, yeah, today I, I guess we'll do start a little, little bit of a round table. Lots of stuff just came out. I don't know Adam, you mentioned uh, one God of War. I've never heard of it. Sounds like a little new upstart kind of game series. But maybe maybe you could speak. You indie know, title, could speak right? to that. Indie, little indie title. Little indie yeah, title. Not yeah, many yeah. people have heard of it. Little uh, indie title. I'm ahead of everyone. I'm ahead of the curve. Like I'm I'm way in deep and like, it's, you don't it's get it sony only they're always looking after the little guy they when are. it comes to sponsoring these indie titles so yeah, yeah. right anyway little, little game so yeah, but maybe you could speak to that one a little bit i i i've i got to jump right into it so rich we were talking the other night and you're you had some questions about it i'm adoring this game how how many hours in are you oh uh, i probably six ish okay so I'm 25 hours in. Holy fuck. Yeah, I just finished uh, Alfheim with Tear. Okay, cool. Uh, we're not going to spoil any of the game because it just came out, folks. So um, we're going to try to skate around some stuff as much as possible because it did, this, this game just dropped. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like God of War is a Ragnarok, I should, we'll call it, we'll separate God of War and Ragnarok. Yeah. Okay. Especially talking about the Ragnarok. The 2018 Ragnarok is the newest one. Yes. Yeah. Um, Dad of War, phenomenal <laughs> reboot. 
right? Yeah. For yeah. a reboot or a rebranding of the franchise. Where yeah, it's not exactly it. a reboot. No, because we still deal with the old history in the game and the lore yeah. and all the baggage. Uh, he's still of, so pissed. He's so angry. Ended. He's so pissed. Uh, Sad of War 2022 <laughs> Ragnarok <laughs> is, uh, it's like more ice cream. They didn't okay. really, I, I think even this point in, they haven't necessarily introduced too, too much new, uh, except uh, playing as some different characters, uh, which is really fun. Yeah, I yep. enjoy. Mm -hmm. I think the uh, mechanics of it feel differently, mm. whether yeah. it's speed or uh, power levels. I know when you play as Kratos, uh, Sad Dad Vibes 2022, uh, you, I personally <laughs> never really run. When I play, okay. I walk and I'll, I'll do more heavy attacks and shit. Okay. So, but when you do switch, you just, you're bouncing off the walls. It's very much like uh, oh. Nightwing versus Batman yes, or yes, Robin versus Batman in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're taking the final fight approach to uh, yeah, God of War. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's it's, uh, it's just more ice cream though. Yeah. I find it's not, they're not really yeah. doing anything new. Uh, I feel like when we get to game of the year discussions by the end of the year, I feel personally Elden Ring is my game of the year. Yeah. Because God of War is fun. It's not really doing anything too, too new. And I feel as I play God of War, I'm rushing to the end hmm. because I want to finish the story. I'm not living in the world and wanting to explore. Yeah. And that's that's the game's kind of, not necessarily fault, but that's the loop. You're running from hallway to hallway to bigger fights instead yeah. of being like, hey, here we go. But also I'm a little early and the situation in the story of the game has not necessarily opened everything up, but has also locked some stuff down too, hmm. which is interesting. I think you're absolutely right. I, as you talk about this whole, I'm rushing to the end because I want the story. I want to know, right? I, it's, I, I don't care about the swinging of the people in between right. or the puzzles. Right. I just want to see the characters talk and interact right. more. Right. I think you're absolutely right. And, and you're right because that is my favorite aspect of the it. The story is wonderful. I think they did a good job of caring from before it was a father trying to lock down his son, trying to like contain the sun's random chaotic energy he's trying to keep him safe too, trying to keep him safe yeah. Yeah. whereas in this one it's more about that teenager kid who's now got his own vision of the world and doesn't have the wisdom of age yeah. and he's trying he's got this goal he's i'm gonna go do a thing i want i want to do a thing i need to do a thing and the father going e you don't want to do that you don't want to do that you don't want to do that yeah and the lesson here is and I, and I think Mimir said it very succinctly was if you don't want to lose your son, you need to walk with him for a bit. Absolutely. Hmm. It's and, a powerful game. It's going to resonate with a lot of people because yeah. it does hit the notes pretty on the head. Yeah. And I think it does a good job of that. Like this isn't your son anymore. This isn't someone who's going to always listen to you and follow you. This is now someone with their own dreams and goals. Right. And if you don't want, as a parent, you need to stop holding it back. You need to go with him if you want to keep him. You got to listen. He is ready to leave the nests. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really great, I think it's a great evolution of the characters, which is right. That's what I care about, about right. this. Throwing the Leviathan is so much fun. It still. feels great. Feels great. But you're right. Ultimately, I am rushing to the end. That's a really good point. You know what I mean? You want to get to the end of God of War. Sad I, Dad 2022. I just want to skip to each of the cutscenes. That's <laughs> right. all I want to do right. is see the cutscenes. Well, that's the a discussions. Lot of, a lot of people had not necessarily those complaints with Uncharted. The Uncharted series is just so beautiful and uh, people really, really dug them. Uh, but you just find yourself rushing to get to the story. But Nintendo Game, what do you got? Another game that I played like that is Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. Really? I'm still not done hmm. Kingdom Hearts 3 and I know it's sad. It came out years ago, hmm. but I find that 
I'm just playing it in order to get to the next cutscene to progress the story to the fact that I've watched all the cutscene movies of all the previous games mm. on YouTube. And they're like hours long. So I watched the Kingdom Hearts the movie rather than go back and play it. Yes. Yes, I've done that. And I that's how I first experienced God of War, uh, Dad of War. Did you play... 2018's God of War? Did you yeah, go back? I did, but okay. only after I okay, watched okay. someone else play. So I already knew everything that was okay, going to okay. happen. Okay. So at that point, I was playing for a more difficult run, and right. I wasn't playing to enjoy the story. I was playing to just experience the game as yeah. everyone else had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this time, I'm more in careful about the story, exactly like what you talk about with Kingdom Hearts. No, I think you're right. Uh, I don't think there's anyone at this table that is going to disagree that Elden Ring deserves Game of the Year, Game oh, of the Elden fucking de- Decade. So <laughs> what I'll simply say is, is I've Platinum God of War. I've Platinum Elden Ring. Wow. I've um, I've enjoyed both of them. And we're talking 2018's version of God of War. Um, they're beautiful games, and they're definitely worth spending time with. And the characters, yeah. by the end of it, you will either... You don't want it to end. It's the same kind of thing with The Witcher. Yeah. Right? yeah. The Witcher, everybody... It came out... And everyone is comparing it to Skyrim because of the fantasy genre. But the thing is, is what I think was so special with The Witcher isn't that the story was so phenomenal. Because yeah. it's kind of got some holes. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not necessarily amazing, but it's the world that CD Projekt Red built yeah. that you want to do the side quests and play the Magic the Gathering Gwent game yeah. and do all the side <laughs> nitty gritty bullshit because you want to live in that world. Yes. You want to really yeah. soak in and drink like a cold beer and hear Geralt tell us that the wind is howling and bitch about the weather and do like go get the frying pan yeah. fucking side quest and shit. Yes. You want to live there. God of War... I don't want to live there. Yes. God of War, I am like, oh, fuck, this is awful. And everyone is terrible. (laughs) And God of War Ragnarok begins, and it's beautiful, because we'll get into, like, a full spoiler review at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. But everybody's broken. Everyone has problems. Everyone is dealing with either grief or loss uh, or having to let your only child leave the nest. Yeah. Or even having hard conversations with your dad. Yes. Like my father's getting old. Your dad's getting old. Your dad's getting old. You're everybody. Like there is enough of real life moments that yes. keep the game grounded and relatable, even though you are a Spartan god who is ripping people's heads apart yeah. and crushing watermelons. Well, just like just legs. like the people from these games, you know, the more recent ones, like I, I also just blame Odin for all of the problems. Right. Odin is so a real son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just an asshole. I think that's what, to me, that's what makes God of War so good is in my mind, the mythical tales, the the legendary tales of uh, you know Norse gods, Greek gods, Egyptian gods—they're mm-hmm. all human tales brought to an exemplary, ridiculous level, right? Told over years and years and years, and that's kind of how this happens. This to me feels exactly that. It feels like you've got this fundamentally very human problem between father, son, between Odin and his sons, because right. that's kind of what we're we're experiencing here is Odin and how he treats his son versus Kratos and how he's treating his son, right? And that's kind of what we're witnessing here is this very, very human tale of war, of strife, of loss, of pain and suffering and everything, but brought up to a God level. It's not just a tale that you and I tell and are, you know, we're dealing with our parents. Yeah. It's brought to the next dramatic level because it's gods. Right. They use it as a backdrop for it. Yeah. So I think that's what makes this game so good is there are so many other games that don't even have to do with gods or, or anything like that. And they don't tell as good of a human tale. Right. Well, that's, that's the power of storytelling within any of the genres. Um, It's so interesting. If you guys ever watched the documentary Sony put out for making God of War. Mm Mm-hmm. No. Raising Kratos? Raising Kratos. Oh, it's amazing. They, they, it's really good. They talk yes. about how uh, 
Corey, Corey Barlog. Barlog, I want to say, had his first son. Yes. Yeah. And realized they needed to reboot and rebuild Sony Santa Monica because originally the reboot of God of War was going to be a sci-fi game. Oh. I don't remember that in the conversation, but I'll believe That's you. That's troubling. It was going to be a sci-fi yeah. game. <laughs> they weren't going to go to Norse. They were going to go science fiction. Oh. And what's interesting is in with God of War Ragnarok is you go to the different nine realms. And each nine realm or each realm feels like a different sci-fi planet. It so does. they do have all of this shit that they left that they're like, we're not going to give Kratos a gun. We're not going to make him a, a like a war chief Spartan yeah. Halo yeah. because that was popular. You got to think God of War 2018. They were trying to remake God of War and we're thinking 2016, 2015 Halo's popular. Mm -hmm. They're literally just trying to throw whatever sticks at the wall. To reboot, not necessarily a dying franchise, but a popular one that hasn't really made money in quite yes. a bit. So the fact now that we've got these ideas now, I wonder if Carly Barlog like lost a parent or a father at some point because the way the story is flipping and flopping, um, there's some really heavy well, shit. Well, becoming a parent like like fucks you mentally and emotionally. Sure, sure. <laughs> he, that's probably what happened. Corey made it very clear in that Raising Kratos documentary that the story of Kratos and Atreus was strongly built on his relationship with his own son. Right. He basically said, this was inspired by my own relationship. Yeah. I get the feeling like it's not so much a loss of a dad. I mean, and definitely, I could, think throughout, could, you know what I mean? You can't yeah. say, yeah. but I think yeah. throughout writing this, he definitely probably connected more with his dad. I couldn't yeah. imagine someone going through this and self-retrospecting this much. Right. Not right. having some more connection to their own father. Right. Yeah. But um, I think what, what was happening here is now his son, if you think about that son that he had, you know, assuming the game came out in 2018, yep. he's probably been writing it since 2014-ish. Right. So the kid was probably born in 2014, mm -hmm. 2013, somewhere in that realm. I don't know the age. Sure. Now the kid's a teenager, and he's experiencing this little shithead teenager going, oh, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go do things that's better than you because you suck, Dad. Mm -hmm. And he's going, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's experiencing this. I imagine that he's still continuing that story of his own son. But now his son is a teenager. He's experiencing that and is able to write this new story of a teenager son. Yeah. So I think that makes a whole lot of sense. And I think that's good. I think that's also why it took four years to make because he had sure. to continue writing a good tale. Here. Oh, it takes time to build video games. But yeah. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. I Should mean, we, I, uh, I, I, talk about another game that I yeah, need to well, get a PS5 to play. Like, yes. <laughs> I mean, my PS Pro right now sounds like a goddamn jet engine. Yeah. yeah. But it runs really, really well. It came it, out it, on it, PS4? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think it, what I will say is Sony Sony normally puts out a God of War yeah. to kind of uh, bookend that console. Oh, okay. So PS2, I think I want to say, and I'll, I'm probably wrong, but Sony put out God of War 2 mm. and it bookend, bookend it. I want to say they put out God of War 3 right around the end of the PS3's lifetime. And then they yeah, just sort be, of like that's it. To PS4 that's finally it. being done. Yeah, that's well, yeah. usually nine, the nine end of that old. console, right? Yeah. Saying okay, we're moving forward with this thing, right? So right. we'll probably get. I don't know. I think. I think the rumblings is this might be the last one. Yeah, and they might do something different, but I don't know where the story goes. I don't, I don't know. Want to spoil it any. Either. It depends on whether or not they kill all the Norse gods. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't imagine right. this ending right. any right. other way. Right. right. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. Moving on from God of War. Yeah, Alex, what have you been playing in? Oh, man, I got into it this weekend. Uh, I was actually really looking forward to Sonic Frontiers. So I picked it up uh, this weekend, made the mistake of doing it digitally and not physically. So because this probably would be a game that ultimately I would resell at yeah. some point. Okay. right? But uh, but what I have played so far, I very much enjoyed. I would say at this point, from what I can tell, I'm coming up to like the final actual boss of the game. So I'm like right there. 
And uh, and I think there's a bit of a post game that happens too because there's worlds that haven't been unlocked. Yeah, yet. they so unlock think, it and opens yeah. it up. Yeah, so I think I think there's going to be more coming. But is the boss those blobs you were telling me about? Uh, apparently. So yeah, yeah. I was telling Adam earlier. I'm like, this is a really interesting game because there's a lot of fundamental Sonic elements to it, which make it very very good. Which is what I was hoping for, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of platforming, fast motion, things like that. But there's also some really troubling design choices that have been made in the course of the game that just I, I don't know how they arrive at the conclusion to do certain things. So for one. It, 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 I don't think it's any secret. It's all over the web. What one of the little mini games you do in at one point in the game is like a Sonic Spinball situation. Oh right? God! So and Classic. you have to, which is cool by me. I love Sonic Spinball. I still yeah. play it on the Virtual Console. I'm in love with it. It's yeah. great, right? So because yeah, I'm, I'm playing on the Switch. Sure, Sorry, sure. I should have sure. said that. So anyway, you're playing this game and you have to hit a score of like five million. Right now, I'm playing and playing and playing, and the ball keeps getting lost, but never in between my bumpers in the game. It always falls out. Uh, on the sides. Yeah. Like, there's little paddles on the sides or there's bumpers on the sides to kind of bounce it out, like, before it even falls back down, right? Keeps happening over and over. And this goes on for, like, a half hour. Not once do I lose the ball between my, my paddles. Doesn't happen. Then all of a sudden I notice, this is, like, try number 15, 16, somewhere near, maybe 20. I don't know. I lost count. But all of a sudden I see these little yellow arrows that popped up in those holes on the side where it had been kind of filtering into. So, and then at one point it goes down one of those holes and the little yellow thing bounces it back up and disappears. And I realized, oh, this thing is now here to give me like an extra try because they won't give me extra balls or whatever. But the crazy thing is, is like if they realized that that was a problem to begin with, that the balls were filtering out on the sides too quickly in this scenario, why wouldn't they just fix the table? Rather than like make some cheat code that automatically pops up. That's the thing with pinball design itself is it is a little bit more of a math problem. It's like trickier. You well, just think you look at a pinball table and you go, okay, cool. You and it just, wouldn't be an issue in this. The flippers and there you go. But there's an actual game to each yeah. table and each speed. And when like, this is the wrong show to do this. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I could go, I know a lot about pinball and me and Nintendo geek have played a little. I think I went to one arcade with him and he just went, let me tell you about pinball. Yes. Sir. <laughs> History of every fucking table yeah, yeah, in yeah. every game. So I believe it. Go. But the, uh, but it's just interesting because like, you know, you, you have to collect these red rings in there that mm-hmm. you have to aim for. Yep. Yep. So you have to be good enough to be able to do that because they give you multiplier. And once you get so many multipliers, you're going up quickly. So there's no way you can hit 5 million without without actually getting the multipliers. Right. So that's why they end up putting those little save things in there to kind of bounce you back up. Because right, it right. just doesn't make sense otherwise. But yeah, it was just that's one of those design choices where I'm like, well, if the table is kind of just broken, which it is, because it's bouncing out more than it's coming back down. Yeah. I'm like, just why didn't you just fix the table? Why was this the, the thing you guys chose to do? Yeah. So really strange. So and then on top of that, like... There are more traditional Sonic levels that you get filtered into throughout the game. Okay. So, and then those levels have checkpoints, yep. just like regular Sonic. And then in the overworld, like on the maps where you're completing puzzles and things like that as well, say you're like on a boss fight or even like a mid boss fight. And it usually takes a few minutes of platforming to even get to the boss, right? Okay. So, say you've platformed for two to three minutes, which yes. is far longer than any of those levels that it filters you into. And then you fall off. It doesn't kill you. It just restarts you at the very beginning of that entire scenario. So I'm thinking like, okay, so in one of these events, you have checkpoints. Alex, and then let me pause you just the for a second. You let me pause you just for a second. Are you telling me that the Sonic the Hedgehog game is a little too hard for you? Yes. <laughs> oh On God. easy, no oh less. Oh, my God. And, oh my God. Uh, and the honestly, wings from the cave. I'm glad, I'm glad you're picking up the undercurrent The here. torches have been lit. Yeah, the yeah. fucking rings and horns of Gondor have been blown, and they <laughs> echo through the, the enchanted fucking caves of Get Good. We've had Get him good. on the show for Get years, good. and we have questioned his his 
value as a gamer this entire time? So like, does might, he deserve to be on this it podcast? Might, it might legitimately, to tell you the truth, okay, two options. One, game design, it's Sega. What are you going to do? Two, uh, it might necessarily be the Switch. It might be um, how you're playing it. No, no. See, and that's so. That's actually. I thought that maybe it was a limitation of the switch, but and then and then, but then this happened. So mm-hmm. the the actual way the game is built is pretty smart because right. if you're on the map and you need to warp somewhere else on the map and you bring up the map and you warp there, there's no load time. It's instantaneous. Yeah, it just happens. You're just there. Yeah. Right. So clearly the game was well built. Right. There's just things they chose not to do with it. So and, and that's just strange to me. It just seems like a director or somebody should have caught that. I think the problem is they tried to make a, a game that fits every single console. So it's a little too powerful for the Switch, a little underpowered for the PlayStation. And it feels... The the statement I've been hearing constantly, I was talking to you about this, Alex, is I've... And you don't seem to agree with this, and that's fine. I haven't played it yet. So it feels like a bunch of mini games tied together with an overworld. That's Sonic. That's Sonic. Yeah. And that's fine except i hear that there's a lot of pop in on the switch especially oh i mean the entire game is popping but i expected that, that when i got it on the switch yeah. so that's and it doesn't bother you it doesn't it actually doesn't interrupt any gameplay no like you can still see the larger structures in the distance that you want to try and get to where puzzles are going to be okay so it only becomes a problem when like uh like on on one of the stages it's like a lot of interconnected islands and the islands are connected by little rails and things you have to run on and you're trying to look in the distance to see like oh well, where do i go to which one's the rail? This, yeah, yeah. So in that sense, which yeah, rail do I gotta go? I'd rather be playing on like PS4, PS5, maybe. Sure, sure, so sure. because then you could actually see that shit in the distance. But, that makes sense. You know, the pop up actually doesn't bother me because it is the switch. So yeah. it also, like you said, with the patch, instead of fixing it, they patch it now because they probably rushed it to get it out before mm-hmm. Christmas. True because story. everyone's True be buying story. all right. the yeah games for their games kids, be. right? right? So it's that like is. we need to get it out now, so they didn't have time to like necessarily go back and fix it. Yeah, but they can patch it up until like you know forever now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then I was asking earlier before the podcast started because I was looking at Steam and I'm like, what's the opposite of review bombing? Because this thing is like 95 percent positive review on Steam. Really? Yeah. So, which, I mean, it's, I would say it's a good game, not really a great game. It's not a 95. Suggest. I would say it's like a 75. You know what I mean? Maybe a 70. That's so, okay. 70s exist for a reason. So, yeah. but it's, I would say it's above average for Sonic games. I haven't bought any Sonic game in a long ass time. So. I think the last Sonic game I purchased was either the Sega collection, like the collection yes. collection, the yeah. or the, the Sonic Mania. Sonic right. Mania. Really, really right, good. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and this has actually enough of the classic stuff in it that you would love it. In fact, even in the overworld, you end up, say you go over like a little, like a little, I don't know, bumper thing that shoots mm-hmm. you into like a little thing. It, it actually, fl- the camera will flip and it'll be like a 2D portion, a 2.5D portion. Oh, that's so fun. In the world that's you're so in. fun. And you pulse in and out of these all throughout the game. So it's actually really smartly designed in that way. But yeah, there's just these other weird things that kind of hinder you from succeeding like those blob things in the final tower levels that just you encounter them at no other point in the game and then they're there just to murder you in the final level I'm like what is this thing i can't i literally can't beat them like no matter what i do so let me ask you this then because uh sega has always been sega uh how much of sonic frontiers feels like a reaction to super mario super super mario, super mario. I, you can't help it but spin yeah. the parmesan on that one um how much of it feels like a reaction to Super Mario? So, holy You crap. cannot do it. I can't. The Italian comes out too hard. Hey, Super Mario. Super Mario. Mario. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Super Mario Fettuccine. Yeah. So, Super yeah, Mario Fettuccine. Um, How much of it feels reactionary? Because you're describing like the old school TV stuff. Hell, I'll tell you, it's a hell of a lot more like uh, Mario Odyssey than it is Breath of the Wild. 
So, because I've heard both comparisons made. It's almost nothing like Breath yes. of the Wild. Interesting. So, it's way more like Mario Odyssey. So, Sega tried to make a fucking Super Mario game. Yeah, it's yeah. Sonic, Sonic That's Odyssey. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, it's kind of what you need to, because really, Sonic was the comparable to Mario. They've Absolutely. been in the shadow of... Uh, the fact that they even released it on Nintendo was funny. Because, yeah. like, Sega and Nintendo have always been, like, not play nice together, which basically Sega had merged into to help, you know, uh, create PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I thought that Sega's owned by Nintendo now. Well, no. they are now, no, but no, no, no. Back, no. I'm talking Sega's back in the 90s. Oh, okay. Like, no, Sega's been... not owned by Nintendo. They're their own entity. They're their own... Still? Yeah. I thought they were bought out no, by just a software company. Oh, yeah, oh. sorry. They have uh, Nintendo finally opened up their license to allow Correct. third-party games because there was a whole issue with third-party games coming onto Nintendo oh. that were like Conker's... Um, Bad Fur Day. Bad Fur Day. Yeah. Should have never happened. And after that, they're like, nope, we're we're cut and tie. Like, we're going to just do mm. Nintendo because too many of these other um, branches were coming out. Yeah, and now also, they have hentai games on the Switch. Yep. <laughs> uh, but Sonic and yes. Mario have always been, because, like, Sega would come out with new technology. And then, because Sega was, like, the American company, and then the, Nintendo would have to then try to, to be one step ahead. And they yeah. were kind of leapfrogging for, like half a decade hmm. until Sega kind of fizzled out and almost went bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. And I Nintendo mean, they, they work better as a software company, honestly. Like, and, mm-hmm. and, and, as long as Sega keeps putting out games with fishing mini-games like this Sonic, like, I'm good. So, because yeah. it's yeah. the most relaxing fishing mini-game like, of all time. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be a JRPG if there's no fishing game. Yeah. Do you, you guys want to bounce on. to what we've been watching real quick? Yeah. Yes. I want to hear Feminist and what she's been up to. Oh. Well, we had watched She-Hulk. Feminist Warlord? I don't know how to shorten that. Warlord? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, we I tried know. to think of an acronym and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do like femdom. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Mommy dom? Everybody's goth mom. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, seriously. The last few times I've gone a, out, you would be that's surprised. That's a story for another time. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we, we really liked uh, She-Hulk. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's funny because everyone, we were like, you know, have you watched She-Hulk? And they're like, oh, I don't know. It's kind of campy and I don't, it doesn't take it so seriously. And it's like. But yeah, that, that tracks. That, that, that She-Hulk. That's like, She-Hulk. That's yeah. How, yeah. Like, She-Hulk even, had four, uh, wall breaking. Yeah. Comic panel. Comic bursting. panel thing. Like that. that's pretty normal it for She-Hulk. It predates yeah. Deadpool and everyone's like, well, is it like Deadpool? And it's like, well, no, it's more like She-Hulk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Deadpool is more like She-Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny. I think just the fact that it came out in uh, 2022 where everyone is um, terrified of anything like female driven, that mm. they're uh, ruining the franchise. Well, the review bomb and stuff. Oh, they yeah. review bomb. Like it was so funny. Every time a new episode would come out, I would immediately go on Twitter and just see all the... The, the, the shit posts? Oh, yeah. Oh, and people just being like, oh, you know, I, I don't think she should be this, and why is there sex in it, and it doesn't need... Daredevil wouldn't do that. He's a... He's well, the a, incel community had a, had a lot of a strong opinions. I think that's one. their main mistake like, on this one, is yeah. it's not that the show is bad or any, or any of the things that are being said about it. Well, I think the main problem is they're marketing to the wrong market. Also... They're targeting the Marvel kid, the Marvel people who tend to not be accepting of that kind of stuff. But the fact that they wrote that into the show and were self-aware with the with the uh, secret 
website where it was like the death threats and like the they knew the it was Reddit. Piss people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The they knew already. And they're like, yeah, we're gonna make those guys the villains, which the people online hating it didn't clue in. Yeah, that that's them. they were Are talking. We the bad guys? It's like, wait, what? that's me. Like, why? You know, it was. But you can under yeah, yeah. to a small degree. I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'm not agreeing with it because I, I I've Have never really watched it, it. Not fully. Oh, give it a chance. It's fun. Um, oh, it's, it's so fun. funny. But I, I know all the I, I I know what happens in it. But what I can say is. First of all, no one likes being told you're the villain, whether or not you are or not. True. So you, no surprise that the people who are told they're the villains backlash. Mm -hmm. Like you can't you can't be a show and be like, well, we're calling our viewers effectively who are most of the viewers will be people who've been watching Marvel. And, well, there's another Marvel. I'm going to watch it are being told they're the villain and you can't expect there not to be backlash True. against that. So to sit there and be like, oh, how could you backlash against this? Like, are you kidding me? You just told a bunch of people. Uh, you just, I, I can't say anything that's not which directly is, offensive, but you just told a bunch of people you're which wrong. Is weird you're like, to me. No one likes that. Which is weird to me because the show spent quite a long time setting up that actually any guy kind of has a shot with She-Hulk. So I feel like they spent oh, yeah. a lot of time setting it up, but yeah. that was part of the joke. You just had ultimately, to be a nice person yeah. and not, you know, self-centered <laughs> evil billionaire genius guy. I think the, the main takeaway with She-Hulk itself was even with the smile and wink at the camera, especially because they were trying to build slowly and slowly teasing yeah. war. Daredevil mm -hmm. was, hey everybody, you've watched a lot of these. Take a deep breath. It's a yeah. comedy. It's, yeah. it's meant to be yeah. a this comedy. Is it's, it's not a show. Chillax. Right. This is a comedy. It's not soldier. It's not right. meant to exactly. be like yeah. a and you super get that. serious thing. It's like, no, like it's just, yeah, dating in your 30s. Right. Sucks. Now, having nice. and, <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy that, That's you know, good. I don't have to do that. But, you know. I, I, I will say there's also another part that I, I, again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know what it feels like to go through it. But uh, there's another section that a lot of people have shown upsetness at it, and I'm not claiming I know that it is or should is deserving of it or not. Adam's all over Reddit with this one. All over. No, I just hear a lot. Um, <laughs> Deep in the is the way it ends is she does ostensibly a comedic third party fourth wall breaking shtick. The most fourth wall breaking the I've most. ever oh, yeah. seen. The it was so oh, yeah. Breaks funny. into the writer's room yeah, or the yeah. filmer's Great. room. Oh, but you the don't Marvel, even know. You, do you know who she talks to? No, I am. Okay, spoiler, spoiler warning. Let's just get this out. <laughs> you haven't seen it, though. Yeah, she, but I know who. I know she talks to, like, the writers and the producers. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no, no. She literally breaks Disney+. Plus. Oh, so, like, yeah, that's what it was. She goes through the panels. And everyone's like, wait yeah. a minute, what happened? And like, she comes through, and then she jumps, jumps into, into the into writer's another. room. But Yeah, yeah, and then they end up, she, she demands to speak to Kevin Feige. Where they actually show up. You have no, and at that point, you, you have go to see it. Right. So, but so what, they do. I, what I will add is, I can see why yes. people are could be upset at you've got this tension, emotion, dramatic building thing where there's this fight, there's all this stuff going on, and then she just completely breaks the fourth wall and ends it in a weird way. Now, that is comedic, that is unexpected, and if you take it in a certain way, that's great, but in a very she hulky way, that's great. But I can totally see people getting these emotions built up and then getting no release. Well, I, I enjoyed the last 15 minutes of this show more than any other Marvel okay. show. So it, show. Works, it works out. It was out. very wholesome. Yeah. So without spoiling anything, they do the Marvel thing and they try it. They try those Marvel shoes on where we're going to have our big hero villain fight. Yeah, yeah, And then the moment stops and she goes, what the fuck this is, is going show. on? Yes, I'm aware of that. This doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like, this doesn't make any, why are we doing this? Because so she's almost making fun of the other the Marvel template. movies is how what she's you doing. Watch, oh, how yeah. you watch yeah. Black Panther and Black Panther fights another Black Panther with the same superpowers. <laughs> how you watch Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange fights another Doctor, Doctor Strange with the <laughs> same hey, superpowers. Multiple like, Doctor Stranges and a witch. Okay, what, come yeah. on. Well, but no, how we get the, that same like, hey, this is what people like. This is what, like, well, she literally goes, 
haven't we done this like enough? Yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck are we doing? Kind of thing. I want to talk so to somebody. It's smart. I, I, that's what I mean by it's smart. It seems comedic. It seems self-referentially insulting, which is great. I love that shit. But I can also see a world where people are building up these feelings and don't get the release they're expecting. They will not like Deadpool 3 then. then I, you will yeah. not like Deadpool 2 or Deadpool 1 when he yeah, looks yeah. at everyone and goes, you still collect action figures and comic books? What's the matter with yeah. you? You're an adult. I mean, honestly, <laughs> if you were That's, going into She-Hulk and you were one of the people thinking like, oh, this is going to be the next major story-driven, plot-driven show that's going to be the linchpin of the whole MCU, I mean, you were fucked before you even it, saw this. Yeah, so yeah, He's yeah, like yeah. Fast and yeah. Furious. Oh, sorry. They, oh, no, it's okay. My favorite, though, I need to do an honorable mention of Daredevil. Like... Oh yeah, where he does like the walk of shame. Yes, dude, they, it is literally. It shows so him good. like they they do their night <laughs> thing and like he they say goodbye and she's like, oh my god, that was so good. And she makes like a joke about you know that he just made like. I hope he's a recurring character. Yeah, yeah. Wait, and then he it shows, sleeps with her. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Oh baby. my god. Oh, okay, yeah. we're done. Good for we're him. Done. Good for him. No, now already got it out. Okay. But anyway, we already it, shows, got it. Who cares? it shows him walking down the street with his shoes in his hand. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. It is so. He's, no, no, no. He's in it, his suit. He's in like his like full blown like. Tommy's like a little court. bit disheveled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. He's holding his shoes in his hand, and he walks by like her best friend colleague, and her best friend's like. So there's a guy in like a devil costume outside, and she and then like she Hulk's just like smug, and he's like, "Was that you? <laughs> oh my god, was Are it proud of was that? it good? <laughs> like, did, do we like that?" And then she Hulk's like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Yeah, fuck," and they do like the high five. That's like, great. Yeah, I but, love like, it. The, the, the Daredevil That's walk of joke. shame was like, but that pissed a lot of people off too because everyone's like, Daredevil wouldn't do that. Well, because in the original fuck movie. Daredevil was like really in like the religious aspect was there, right? So it's like he's yeah. a good Christian boy. He went do that, uh, and it's dude. Like, oh. He beats up and kills people. Yeah. Well, those people yeah. did not see but the Daredevil series. Premarital yeah. Yeah. sex is not what Daredevil. Oh fuck oh. off! That is a great joke. <laughs> fuck all y'all. That's the thing. It's a lot of it was smart chef's jokes. kiss. It's a lot of fun, like wink at the camera of like this is just getting it was more refreshing. and more yeah. ridiculous because they're leaning less into we're gonna save the world and more of the the D-list characters that have to fight Fantastic Four. Or who's the guy that the mm. thing fights in his own issue before they cancel it? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, the frog guy, all kinds of shit. Then you gotta go in, don't take it too seriously because the show sure, sure as shit doesn't take it too self too <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's pretty fun. Um, we'll wrap up on She-Hulk real quick. Andor. Yeah, you yeah. haven't seen any of it. I've seen like three episodes. Okay, so Andor. I'm struggling to watch the show. Well, I would say slow start. So I was in the same boat. So the first three episodes, slow start. It definitely picks up. I think we've said this for three episodes on Raised by Spoil or uh, Ronin Geek now. Yeah, so it's set up in like uh, the show itself is set up in like sections, it seems like. So first three is the movie. Yeah, first three. Yeah, yeah. And then then the second three episodes, it like like takes off. And I won't go into that, but but it's a very good sort of mid mid season plot line. Stick with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's uh, talking about it. And the 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 payoff has been. Phenomenal! I am absolutely floored that this is the kind of Star Wars they're giving us now, which is character driven. Yeah. So it's uh, the the Mon Mothma and her her whole situation, dude. I'm, dude, I'm it's like fucking Game of Thrones. Like I'm floored. Yeah. Like it's so mm. subtle. The this it's so well written. So it's so well directed and acted. Mm-hmm. And it just there's there's this party sequence. Yep. Where yep. she's first meeting with one of the other yep. conspirators, and just yep. the way that it follows that and gets the gets gets through the party. The so dialogue this, is really tight. It's just so spot on, man. It's and, nice that they let it breathe. Like they're yeah. not rushing through anything. They're letting the tension build very slowly. And the fact that mm. it is twelve episodes and not eight. Two seasons, twelve episodes. Yeah, each. they're they're already filming the second season. So like it's Thank gonna God. keep they going. Have time. Thank but God. it just lets it, but yeah, it's a very slow progression, Honestly, but then it just happens 
Oh, it's so good. So speaking of that then, so it's, uh, I, I was surprised to find out it's a longer series and that's really, really good because mm-hmm. what they've done with it is so good. And this I guess could they, have been the finale, this last episode. I thought, I thought it was. Yeah. And then you told me there's two more episodes. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm all about that. That's sweet. So what <laughs> is going to be the actual finale? Is like, ho- like what Rogue is going to happen? Yeah, I can't wait to watch Rogue One. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> fucking dies. They still did Star Plans. The people wonderful. you love, all dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the, uh, I mean, the, the cool thing about this is, is, is just... You start, you're starting to see Star Wars evolve here. Yeah. Between, you know, Mando and this in particular, right? Like, the, this is the first thing that's really sort of... Like, Mando took all the things we loved and just sort of perfected them. You know what I mean? Like this is This is actually, like, going into net new territory for Interesting. Star Wars, right? Yeah. And and it's it's giving us so much more substance in the world that it takes place in mm-hmm. than anything else. I'm just... It's so fascinating. Well, and I'm asking yeah. questions in my head, too. Like, the... Uh, Skarsgård, mm-hmm. so Peter Skar- his yeah. character. Yeah. So he runs this like antiquities shop or whatever. It's like a front for his thing. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm just like I'm seeing him playing with all these things in the shop. I'm like, what's that? What's this? What's that? I, I haven't felt that about Star Wars in a long time. Dude, the stones from Temple of Doom. Yeah. The Star Killer outfit from Force Unleashed. Pad- that, are, that was in there. Yeah, uh, dude. Pad, it's like, all in the, the background. So oh. he's fixing like a headdress, and that's uh, from the. Uh, New Star Wars. I like gotta the, go uh, wait, wait, wait. is this proving that Indiana Jones and Star Wars take place in the same universe? I think it's just oh, a wink and nod. Oh. I, I get yeah, that. Yeah, I'm yeah. joking. Yeah. <laughs> Come Earth, on, Earth can be in the same galaxy. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of it, it's uh, it's real tight. What I'll simply say is, Mando is now looking like, hey, it's a very expensive toy commercial. Yep, and that's totally okay. Because yeah. guess what? That's fucking Star Wars. And yeah. then us grown ass men going, where's my Star Wars? My nitty grittiness. Well, and we're kind of getting it. In and this, it's, it's slow, and they're letting it build. It's good that they're doing this now because everyone online's like, how did Disney allow this to happen? Because it is anti-establishment, mm-hmm. anti-government, anti-police, like. It's very much like, you know, the, the, it's like the true rebellion, like the beginning of the rebellion really happening yeah, yeah. concrete. They right? deal with some heavy shit. They do. Yeah. They and, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that they're building, uh, we think it might be X-Wing, or not X-Wing, um, TIE Fighter parts. Yes, I thought the same thing. And like we work I, I thought the same thing. We'll talk auto. about it after. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like we work in an automat- like automotive factories and it's like. That is how it is. Like it's maybe not real. a twelve hour shift. Yeah, that's, that's too real. Too that's too hard. Slave yeah. labor, but and you know. the, <laughs> there is a job apparently like that where I work, where it's literally like you have the table and the parts come up and you have to like do it, and it's like very wild factory automotive, and it's like oh, I've been there. <laughs> that wow, place, like, geez, I would wow. not want to do that every day for twelve yeah, hours. Dude, you got you got to see it. It ramps up. Dude. It's, All right, it's, it's good. good. I will give it, it time. There's payoff around every corner too. It's been very. I great. don't really believe it when Rob tells me because he's just like jerks off Star Wars. But yeah, yeah. when I get a panel of this many people, I start to think. Well, no, that no, 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 you've heard me say it's before. Good. You've heard me say before. I'm done with prequel stuff. I'm not interested anymore because I already know what happens. I'm interested again. Yeah, it's like okay. it, 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 this brought me back in. In fact, now I'm thinking like, why don't they just rewrite the whole fucking thing now? Because I want to see the original Star Wars, but with all this background shit too. Like, gonna I want to see shit. all the like deal making, deal breaking, and well, shit too. Like you said, like, I can't wait when this is all over to rewatch Rogue One, actually yeah. knowing these characters, how heartbreaking it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, or I want to see like, uh, for instance, now you know. Uh, you know, they, they steal the plans for the original Death Star. Somebody built in the, you know, they established in Rogue One that he built in the, the weakness into the plans or whatever. That you know what I mean? Cool. Like, it's, it'd be cool to see even more of that and like more of this deal making, yeah. deal breaking kind time. of stuff. Yeah. Wonderful. Cool. Uh, I want to go one last time before we go around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Conroy died. Yeah. Voice of Batman. Yeah. I want to take a minute. I want to just say the Arkham games, uh, the animated series, mm-hmm. the movies, the cameos. Some amazing roles and, and, a, and a legacy of uh, incredible, incredible uh, media. Yeah. 
What's everybody's takeaway? How did you collect? Did you have toys? Did you have Batman toys growing up? Oh, did yeah. you play the Arkham the games? Animated did you series, watch the animated series? There's animated a legacy series here, was folks. an obsession for me when I was a kid because I was like 9, 10, 11 when that was coming out. So yeah. that was like that was like right in that prime prime time for me. That was my introduction to Batman. And yes, I owned virtually all the toys yeah. and I was obsessed with it. So yeah, this was my Batman for sure. Yeah. Yeah, considering he in my childhood he started as Batman in the uh, animated series. Yeah. And I watched all the way through to the end of Batman Beyond, where he maintained that same role. Did you do Justice League? I did Justice League. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Justice League, uh, Justice League Unlimited, yeah, yeah. everything yeah. that was him. Uh, I, I, all I've really got is hashtag definitely my Batman. Yeah, he's, uh, he was <laughs> yeah. wonderful, and he was a hell of a voice. And uh, him and Mark Hamill were definitely a dynamic duo when they would anything oh, together oh yeah any oh. interviews the comic cons that they did Absolutely. oh yeah just the fun of it and just how sweet he was i know i met we met him at fan expo one year and he was just a gem he no was kidding. a gem yeah he's so cool very very cool very influential influential man uh but uh yeah i collected a lot of toys i had a lot of uh, batman figures growing up i had the place you still do yeah. Okay, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, not in a You're a child. No, no, no. no. <laughs> they, they recently released uh, the animated series figures. They're, they're fucking wonderful. Yeah. And I know Mondo, and I think like Farland's actually doing them now. Cool. Uh, they're definitely worth a look if... Uh, you're in that market, but I have a feeling they're going to go up in price a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember having the playset and uh, the old Batmobile where you pull out and be the Batjet and everything. Nice. Oh, yeah. You had that shit? That. Yeah, I had that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. it came out and the wings flipped yeah, out. Yeah, the, the wings flipped oh, out. They were on springs. God, yeah, that. man. Yeah. Mask of the Phantasm still holds up as well. Oh, it is yeah. so good. Um, yeah, but uh, I won't tell the story about how I cried as a little kid, but... Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to I wanted to just bring up and take a minute on the show to yeah. uh talk about Kevin and uh how important he was mm -hmm. to everything. True. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. So that's it. All right, that's it for this episode of Ruin Geek and Fish Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh Geek Movie House <laughs> and also Fe uh, Feminist Warlord of Nintendo Geek. Nintendo Geek. <laughs> I appreciate that. So <laughs> cool. And that's it.